Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a podcast journey through the shadowy streets and twisted tales of a place where sin lurks around every corner. It's time to step into the gritty, neon-drenched world of Sin City. Join us as we traverse the dark alleyways and meet the intriguing characters that populate this monochromatic nightmare. From the hard-boiled detectives to the femme fatales, Sin City's denizens are as complex as they are captivating. Whether you're a diehard fan or discovering Sin City for the first time, this podcast is your passport to the seedy underbelly of Basin City. We promise you a journey through the darkest corners of film noir, unveiled where every frame tells a story and every shadow hides a secret. Welcome to the darkness. Welcome to Sin City. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show, and as always, my faithful companion and sidekick in, in, in retro <laughs> crime. There you go. Yeah. Travis Rollins. I got to tell you, Chris, that's, that there's one damn fine coat you're wearing. <laughs> if only I was wearing a coat, though. I know, right? It's too hot to wear no coat, man. I can even take my sport out. Sporting the Macho Man show uh, shirt this week. You can't Ooh, see, yeah. obviously obviously the people can't see it, but you know, Travis. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. If there's a nice coat, yeah. Jacket, <laughs> yeah, t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been? It was pretty good, man. Um working a lot and then went out to dinner with my dad and uh his wife sat at last night and then went and had some in the midst ice cream. I think I told you about where they make the ice cream with the, uh, nitro nitrous oxide. Or, yeah. 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 You told me about it. I'm going to tell you yeah. something that There's you guys don't fun. know unless you follow Travis on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I gotta tell him, I, I don't appreciate you putting all that good food up there like that, man, that I can't have or taste any of. I, I don't oh. really care for no shrimp and grits or anything, oh. man, but the rest of that stuff I was about to jump on. I'm about, to, I'm about to jump to that screen and get some of it if I could. You have my fish and my, my shrimp and grits. Well, we got them. You make them right. You got to float your grits, wash your grits off, and then float them to get all the kernels and seeds, not seeds, but get all the kernels and chaff off of it. And then daggum, I made real country ham, not this ham with a bone in it that people put brown sugar on. That's good and salty. And take a half cup of coffee, make some, uh, some red-eye gravy, some good fresh collards. Yeah. I told you everything but the shrimp. I'm not big on shrimp, man. You know, mm-hmm. so everything but the shrimp and grits look good to me. I threw down on it tonight, man. I'm trying to tell you, I had no food. I hadn't, I hadn't been in the kitchen in a while, and I do enjoy the cooking. Oh, that beeping you was asking me about a while ago. I got me a tens machine too. This right, this little dude right here. Yeah. The the son the Sonic Rocket, the Hemp Vana Rocket. Watch his hand right here. Y'all can't see it on TV either, but but uh, I get this thing going. Oh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. look at that thumb moving uh-huh. wherever you put it but it's a it's a little tens machine i've been having all them issues with my finger yeah so it's all gone. But you can crank that bad boy up to about there we go about eight and it'll pull your hand up oh i see 
<laughs> things awesome how was your week brother uh it's been good been good full of work as usual but i mean it's it's been good Might got a lot right. of side stuff done around the house and everything got some Don't planning work. done for some podcasts you know some future stuff uh working on trying to get some blogs out as well so uh, something i'd like to do a little bit more of along with this is put some blog posts out and um right. Yeah, I would like to work on the newsletter a little bit too, but I'm going to wait till we get some more followers on that newsletter. So anybody out there wants to be a part of that and get some fun stuff in your mailbox to read and look at, make sure you go to the website and uh, sign up for the newsletter there so you can be a part of it. There you go. Give you know, me something to do in my spare time. Hey, hey, you know what, what I like to do in my spare time? What do you like to do in your spare I time? Like, I like to revisit these movies that I have or, or even ones that I haven't seen i get to see for the first time but i really enjoy revisiting the ones that uh, that i really really am fond of and um would you be fond of the one that we rewatched and revisited for today oh yeah i'm uh chris has said, taught me i he felt like the first about hour of this movie that i got him back for watching um that john candy movie vacation summer vacation summer rental <laughs> yeah this uh, movie's but- on my top probably dude i'd put this movie maybe not my top 10 i put i put this movie in my top 20 well my for, favorite movies period don't forget for those who don't know what you're talking about though for like i think it was a uh, what three weeks back wasn't it two weeks three weeks back we did summer rental i told yes. you you said whoa what is summer rental I said, it's a john candy comedy from the 80s man you can't go wrong with candy so right. you go back and watch it and i got a text message from him and said dude you know I'm a good friend because I sat through all that crap. <laughs> <laughs> it really, I like I love John Candy, man, but that, that one at times it was kind of hard to get get through. But and I felt the same way today. I texted him and I said, "Okay, I got you. That was good payback for summer rental. I get it." I feel like if if we ever going to get a good bit of feedback, this will be the first show where it starts too, because I think that a lot of people are going to be like, "Wow!" I think they're going to be mind blown when you drop the name. Or when that will they see the name when they click on the podcast? Yes. Um, so uh, go ahead and jump into it here. Sin City is what we're talking about this week. Yeah, from Frank Miller's uh, graphic novel. 2005, I believe, was release date, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, I believe, uh, so what, Robert Rodriguez is one of the directors, and he had Quentin Tarantino as a guest director on it, too, I've seen. Yes, correct and they returned as well for the second one too which wasn't i didn't think as good i i want to tell you the reason why i'm not a fan of it i mean i it's not the worst movie i've ever seen let me say that right. uh, it also was not the best movie that i'd ever seen mm-hmm. so the reason why i'm not big on it is the re- is same reason why i'm not big on the current dc movies they put out mm-hmm. i don't like the dark feel for a movie yeah and Sin City obviously has a very dark feel to it. It's black and white, and there's a, you you got some color thrown in here and there. Uh, I'm not, yeah. I don't really understand the concept they use too much. It's called what a, a neo noir, they call neo-noir. it neo noir. Yeah, neo noir. Because there's a set time frame for noir film films, um, mm-hmm. so you have to recategorize it as neo noir. So you could call it a film noir, but technically film noir has to be between uh, what is it 1930 to 1955 or 40 or something those old gritty crime movies and yeah uh you know shot and of course everything was shot in black and white and dingy and dirty feel and you know this is like 
imagine if you haven't seen Sin City, um, imagine Tim Burton's Gotham in in black and white with a with um, a lot more. Uh, would you say not PG rated or or, or grown up or R rated uh, violence and and drug use and you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, that's how I would the best way I could think to categorize it. They kind of filmed it in favor of the way the book was done too. It says keeping yeah, hundred you know, percent. They were so loyal to the book with this, even the story and everything. I I grew up on these novels. I haven't read every single one of them, but I read a good many of them. Now I I can't remember was it three stories in one or four stories? It's pieces of it's pieces of about four or five of them. Um two uh, three of the stories are actual like entire comic book or graphic novels uh installments but like the part with Josh Hartnett yeah um before the before the title comes across the screen the graphic that says Sin City, mm-hmm. um, that part with Josh Hartnett on the balcony, I think is its own story unto itself too. And it, it, that ties in, but they didn't really come back through and, and give you more of that particular part. But I believe a dame to kill for is where they go back and, and that part of the story kind of ties back in. Okay. So let me get your input on this then. I know this because this is a movie that you really are into and you like a lot. I love it. And all the reasons for y'all listening, all the reasons that Chris just said that he couldn't get into it are the reasons that I love it. (laughs) Among others, you know. Well, I mean, this is where we differ on some things because there are some things that I like a lot that that Travis doesn't necessarily get into as much and then vice versa, obviously. So, I mean, this is is something that's well known. But – I mean, it doesn't mean that I diversity. can't watch it. It doesn't mean that I can't watch it and try to have an appreciation for it in some sort. And after I watched the entire thing, I kind of look back on it now and I'm like, okay, well, that was kind of cool and that part was kind of cool. So it wasn't like a complete loss to me or anything. It's just that it took me, it it it, it took me a good minute to get into it. Yeah, yeah, that and the, the way that you know, like Marv and. Uh, hardigan and oh what was my very first guy's name um the one that clive owen played dwight the way that harv marv hardigan and dwight kind of uh narrate the whole thing is kind of funky too but that that lends as well to the you know the the old detective style you know detective she was was an angel you know she come walking into my office with the sweat glistening off of her you know what i'm saying and that was one of the things i couldn't get into was that part you got (laughs) the character marv is he he's talking about quote unquote dames dames are good and like good for this and blah 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 and uh it's just the whole narrating like it's an old 30s detective thing like i couldn't get Mm -hmm. into that part and old goldie him talking about goldie right she smelled like a woman ought to. <laughs> like, <laughs> so do, do these, are these stories all separate stories at separate times? Or are they happening all at one yeah. point and they kind of culminate together in different places? They have because you different... do see Hardigan go into the bar and Marv is at the, is at the bar and he's with um, Benicio Del Torrio's character. The, that was the cop. Jackie boy. Jackie boy. He's with him at the bar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is this all this happening in, in, in real time, but there are three separate things going on that aren't yes. related? Yeah, well, it kind of goes on. It kind of happens sort of like Pulp Fiction. Um, mm-hmm. And with it being the anthology style 
storytelling. And so an anthology is where you have separate stories that tie back into each other. Yeah. Um, and it, it's all going on at the same time with the same characters showing how they're intertwined. Cause you know, like Dwight was sitting over there and, um, uh, what was her name? Daggum. Brittany Murphy's character. Shelly. Shelly. She came walking over. She brought Marv, got Marv his drink and then came walking over and talked to Dwight. So that obviously was right before they got to the, you go back to the beginning of the movie. That's before, right before all that happened where they, I imagine they went home together and then Jackie showed up at her place after being out drinking. And then all the stuff started happening with uh, Hardigan and Nancy but then it goes back and shows you too where like Nancy was younger. And so it's, so the stuff that happened like eight years ago, you know, and then fast forward back around right. So with Nancy grown and where they were going after, um, for powers booths, Senator Rourke's kid Rourke. That's what it was. Yeah. Rourke. So they're going after Rourke. And during that time, that's happening at the same time where like, uh, 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 shoot, shoot, I keep forgetting. I get names mixed up. Where Dwight goes back to Old Town, all the stuff happened with Shelly, and he started chasing Jackie back to Old Town. And yeah. then the stuff with all the girls, the dames. <laughs> the prostitutes. So, yeah, so all that stuff's all going on at the same time, just showing you different pieces of it. All right. I mean, that's uh, after I got about an hour into it, I was able to kind of follow it a little bit more and kind of enjoy it a little bit more. But the, I mean, of course, based off of a, a graphic novel comic, are these people supposed to be a little bit um, just not a hundred percent, you know, human like me and you as a detective? I mean, because Marv is disfigured or something to begin with, right? Would you, let me ask you a question real quick. Would you would you believe would like would you notice that that was Mickey Rourke if you didn't know, or did no. you know that? Like you did, would you know that? I maybe that he was I assume there he is. No, I assumed that was Mickey Rourke's character when I saw yeah. him because I didn't see anybody else that would resemble or that could, I hadn't seen Mickey Rourke yet. And I thought, well, maybe it's him and they've, they've done something to him because of the character he's playing or something, but I did not look it up to see if that was him or not. It right. was confirmed later on for me, yeah. but I didn't know for sure. I just, yeah, I, I, I think, assumed it was him. I think some of them, like it's, it's a, it's fantastical and some of them may have, you know, like mutations or something like that, because, you know, like, like Michael Clark Duncan, uh, as minute, which uh, he was not, he was the leader of the gangs. Remember the gangs were coming back in. Right. And I, he, he looked like he was about to crush Gail's head. Gail's my favorite character in this movie, by the way, I'm in love with Rosario Dawson, <laughs> but, um, he had that weird golden eye and he was like, super duper strong then marv's crazy tough and then uh rourke's kid and remember he turned yellow through all the scientifics you know the scientists trying to piece him back together oh and then you had um oh man uh you have frodo baggins <laughs> so all right so let's take a time out i'm gonna read down this list of names that was in the movie oh, just so a, people will know it is a list too i mean it's a list of people i i'd ask travis who wasn't in the movie it seemed like but um we've got mickey rourke we got clive owen bruce willis jessica alba uh devin aoki um alexis bladell yeah, so for uh aoki was um mio she was yeah. the little she's been in some other movies if you've if you've watched uh 
anyway, people didn't people that know would know her. She's been in some other uh, uh, Fast and Furious. Movies. She was Fast and Furious too, and she was in that Dead or Alive as well. Yeah, as one of go. the girls from the movie uh, from the game. I mean, yes. Uh, but Powers Booth is in it. Uh, let's see, Jude Cicerella. I'm sorry, Cis. How do you say his name? Cicelella? Cicelella? I think it's Cicoli. One man. I don't know. Cicelita. Cicelita. Yeah, who knows? Rosario Cicelita. Dawson. Yeah, you, you mentioned Rosario Dawson. Uh, Benicio Del Toro. Mm -hmm. uh, Jason Douglas is a hitman in it. Tommy and Flanagan. Jason Michael Douglas Clark Duncan. Was, Jason Douglas is usually... He's the Irish guy. What was the show he was on? Wasn't he in uh, Sons of Anarchy? I never watched the show. I can't tell I, you. I think he was. But, but there's so many names in this thing, Duncan, man. I mean, it's Rutger loaded. Hauer. Uh, yeah, it, it does. There's, there's tons. Jamie King. Oh, I forgot about Rutger Hauer being in it. Uh, Gina yeah, Carano, I think, is in it too, isn't she? Uh, she may be. I don't remember picking her out. But she may be. But, they, well, you, and then you got Elijah Wood. And um, I said her yeah. name earlier. Uh, uh, Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy too. I forgot about her. Josh Hartnett yeah. at the beginning. Yep. And you know, this is one of the one of the few times that I saw Brittany Murphy in a movie that I was like, okay, I'm kind of in love with her too now. Because you know, everybody used to be crazy about her right before she passed. Yeah. And I was always like, I don't know, man. Brittany just. Well, she was really starting to come into her own before she passed away. She was starting right. to get really at that point getting a lot more offers and better movies and stuff. So. Right. She had one that I want to see. I think it's called uh, it's called Ramen something. We talk about it off air, but it's uh, where she goes out to Asia and starts learning how to make ramen or something. This is like a super cool movie. Yeah. It might be a chick flick. I don't know. We'll go back to uh, your favorite movie, though. It can be one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> Nick Stahl was in it as well. That's another name. Nick Stahl. He's the one that played Rourke Jr., yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. I was trying to remember that guy. He, what was he in? He was in some. He's been in a couple of scary movies. He was. In, was it the Faculty? Yeah, I, I think he was in the Faculty, but I can't place him outside of that. I don't believe. Yeah. And I might be wrong on Gina Carano. I'm not seeing her name in here. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I saw the name fly across the screen for. So, anyway, like I said, so many names. It's hard to keep up with all of them, and and it's not like it's not like all of them were stars of the movie either. There's bit parts they have in there. They're just oh, in yeah. it, you yeah. know, just to see them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Thing slap full of people. What was your favorite story within the movie? Which one did you follow? Did you Man, did you like following the most? That's gotta be a hard one. Um, I'm gonna say Marv. I thought Marv was probably it, Marv had to be my favorite. It felt, it felt like Marv is who you spent the most time with, you know, in the center in the center of it. And there's another thing, too, about the movie that is cool to me. Um, I was actually reading the other day that uh, Miller and Rodriguez picked this out to where the, the three stories that they put together were representative of uh, uh, an adolescence journey. So like, so, like, Dwight shows him i forgot how they laid it out this would be so cool to to have on the show to to explain this but they they laid it out like um marv was the kid he's just going on impulse and response and what what he wants and you know just we're gonna 
this action gets this result. So he's like, he represents the full on adolescence, childhood and, and teenager type thing. And then Dwight represents the grown up, you know, to the, you know, mid thirties, forties, I guess, trying right. to, trying to do the right thing and be, be a good man, or, you know, try just trying in, in his way, in Sin City's way to, to be a responsible adult, be a little more thoughtful about things, you know, and uh, then Bruce Willis's Hardigan represents the grizzled old man who had taken in this life in Sin City and is just holding on to a piece of, you know, something good in his life, which Marv, which Marv Dwight and Hardigan were all three doing because, you know, Dwight was a murderer who had uh, plastic surgery. Marv was in love with Goldie because Goldie was the only one that ever paid him any attention, you know, yeah. like. It's real cool to that. I wish I could find that article or remember where I saw it because that's just a real cool read about how they interpreted it into that uh, reflection on humanity. Really, I mean, I, I, you know, I was thinking about this. You know, if I had to pick my the one that I that I, I followed the most was probably going to be, um, the one with Clive Owen. Uh, what was his name? Dwight. Dwight. Yeah. Probably Dwight, with Dwight where he had been with, yeah, where he'd been with uh, Brittany Murphy's character, and he took off after Benicio del Toro. Jackie Boy took off after him, ended up following him to Old Town. Dude, was it not hilarious in the car after he done cut after Mio, you know, about cut his neck, so he's getting rid of the body. So mm-hmm. they're like, <laughs> he's driving down the road, and he lights up the cigarette, and Benicio Toro is like, yeah, yeah. as his, as his head flops back and forth. And see, like, you could see these guys. Yeah, I could see them all being reflections of one another too. Because like Dwight was hallucinating, and then Marvel's talking about being off of his medicine and not knowing if he's doing the right thing. You know, what was bringing on the hallucination of Jackie Boy talking to him though? What I was it? The was it just the the fact of him of how what he had just gone through? Basically, I mean. Because yeah, he gets see, uh, sure Mijo to that. cut up the bodies, basically, to fit right. them in the car. Yeah, because they can go fit in the trunk. Cause they and then he him. has to sit up there with him looking the way he looks. Like, well, that, that piece of that gun backfired, stuck in his forehead. <laughs> it was so funny when he slammed on the brakes and it, it knocked him forward into the dash, so it hit. Right. <laughs> I don't, I'm not real sure. It, I don't remember that. I don't recall that it even explained that. Um, as far as Dwight was concerned, I figured it was, I, I took it, um, or just assumed it was just cause he was kind of psychotic in the first place with him, you know, cause he talked about the things that he went through being a killer and a murderer and this and that. So I'm not real sure. I don't. So I don't jump back to Marv for a minute for me. Mm-hmm. Marv gets all kind of stuff done to him. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, at one point and gets peppered with bullets too. I mean, that should be, oh, yeah the end of marv mm-hmm. he should be dead but yet they take him through a surgery i guess they take care of all of that now he's you know going to jail he's in he's going to prison or whatever he's going to the electric chair yeah so all these things that happened to him but nothing killed him at that point and then he goes through the first run of the electric chair and he's like <laughs> that all you got <laughs> yeah, that all you got Mm-hmm. Well, they hit him a second time with it. So it's like, I mean, that's why I asked the question earlier, was he supposed to be like 100% you know, human like us, or is there something abnormal about him to where his character is taking this type of punishment and damage and not dying from it, basically? 
they may explain it in the graphic novel, but I don't, <clears throat> it's been so long ago. Like I read that in the nineties. Yeah. It's been so long that I don't really recall. Um, like I said, it, like if you go over to, um, uh, Frodo Baggins's character, uh, Elijah Wood's character in the movie, uh, with his fingernails and how he, you know, Marv hacked him apart and he didn't make a sound and, it, so, it took me a minute to figure out that was him too. I, it it didn't sit with me being Elijah Wood at first. Yeah, it's like, kind of oh. weird when it zooms in on his face. They got it. It, also, it almost looks like they distorted his face or something a little bit. Like he looks, his cheeks look wider or something. It does, and and like Benicio del Toro looked a little different because of makeup purposes and everything they had on him. Yeah, he looked so, very different. Yeah, so I mean, it's I I credited it all toward the type of. The way they shot the movie is what I is what I gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I said they were that they were looking different, in, in my yeah. opinion. But for sure, for sure, I think the only people that really look like themselves would be the women in Powers Booth. Right, well, and yeah. Bruce Willis, but he had that super cool scar across his face. Yeah, yeah. And see, that's another thing too that I love. The I love the the visuals the art style to it the way they had like stuff whited out and then white against black because it did it you know i just said that the new spider-man movie across the spider-verse was maybe even out of the live actions might be my favorite spider-man movie ever and the reason for it was uh is because it looks so much visually it looks so much like reading the comic and and that's my comics are my heart man i grew like that was where I found my first escape from reality truly is in comic books. So the fact that this looks so much like the, the, the graphic novel and that movie looks so much like the comic book, like it looks like those books in motion. And that's one of the reasons that I, I love it so much. Well, I mean, I, I love a good comic book movie. You know what I mean? Just like the next guy does, I guess some of them I just can't get into as much. And I think it, the difference is, is, you know, one like say Spider-Man, as you mentioned a moment ago, actual comic book, Sin City, graphic novel, right? Not quite the same as a comic, but I mean, what, what would you say? Uh, how would you describe graphic novel? More of an adult version of a comic book? Yeah, a gra- so so a graphic novel. You can take a comic book and turn it into a graphic. There are because I mean, because I mean, Spawn was a graphic novel. novel at one point, wasn't it? Um, I don't remember Spawn being classified as one. Spawn was uh, Todd McFarlane's kind of pet project thing, and I who was it published by? Was it uh, was it Image Comics or Max Comics? I really can't remember. I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of ones that were graphic novels. I know The Walking Dead comes to mind. Yeah, and and it yeah absolutely. Uh, This one was the one that kind of started the the wave of graphic novels. So uh, uh, yeah, graphic novel usually we would think of it as being a little more gritty, but normally it's just a bigger, thicker comic book. And they, they call it a graphic novel because of the graphics. So it's a, it's a more, it's a longer, more complete story. Yeah. So where, where a comic book is never ending, you know, you'll have a, you'll, you'll have a story from beginning to end, wrapping up that particular storyline in a graphic novel. All right. Well, I wonder, I'm going to take a quick look here because I'm curious since this is my first time seeing it. Yeah. I want to know how well this movie done at the uh, the box office and everything. Cause, uh, oh, yeah. It's got a, I know it had a big fan following and all, but 
And I want to know what it took to make this too. I mean, budget forty million dollars estimated. I feel like so, that. I feel like that. Well, it's a lot of CGI, but I still feel like that might be a little forty million. Well, it's 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 estimated. It could be less. Could be more. Yeah, I felt like it might be a little bit more. So it grossed worldwide one hundred and fifty eight million seven hundred thirty three thousand eight hundred twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. So it did do it did do some um, some decent money there at the box office. But I would think with all those names in it, you know, yeah, it's going to make some money because people are going to want to go just to see the people they like and to see what their role was in it and how well they did. Oh yeah, and and you know that's like um, what what was the movie that kept the Watchmen? The Watchmen, yeah, I think did very well, and you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the Watchmen. I did like parts of it, but... right. Does Sin City in any way remind you of Kill Bill? Not in the way it's filmed, but the feel of the movie, like the kind of storytelling and directing and everything. And, and I know that Tarantino, I think it would be closer. It, for me, it would be closer to a, either um, like a Pulp Fiction or a Reservoir Dogs than it would be a Kill Bill. Um, but that's because, that's because of the story the, with it being kind of so many things going on at once. So, so even though Kill Bill isn't completely linear, it's still always about her character, Uma mm-hmm. Thurman's character. Whereas you take um, Reservoir Dogs or uh, you grab a hold of uh, uh, Pulp Fiction or something, and you've got it kind of pieced together and you know kind of jumping around a little bit. I think they feel more like Sin City, which you that's Quentin Tarantino's touch. Quentin Tarantino's touch ain't for everybody either. So no, it's not. Uh... He's got some um, a very certain style he goes with for sure. Mm-hmm. I think the only normal or what you would consider normal movie that he's probably really ever that I can think of that he full on is full on his baby would be the Hateful Eight, which this I'm, wasn't I'm, his baby either. I feel like he just kind of lended to the storytelling of it, you know. I am. I'm looking at something right here, and I was telling you one of the things I didn't like about it was the style of filming, the black and white look to it and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. The, the way they're describing it here is the movie has a wonderful black, white, and sepia tone with cut out reds and bright colors. Yeah. And then everything else is just, it's, it's like black and white. It's like looking at pictures that you've seen in books where they take a black and white picture, but they'll highlight the red lips on a woman or something. Yeah, or color splash. The, the red car in the picture and everything else is black and white. Like you just mm-hmm. said, color splash. I mean, I, I I thought in pictures it was kind of cool, but I never really, I, for some reason, I, I, I can't get into it in the movie. Right, it's, right. The style of it kind of just throws me off and just makes it tougher for me. But so, And you said you've never seen Schindler's List either, correct? I have not, no. Yeah, and see, this shot, not with the color splash, but it's it's a new movie in black. Well, it's not new anymore, but it was new in, in black and white too. You know what I mean? So for me, when I first watched Schindler's List, I was like, eh, "This movie's kind of weird." The black and white kind of threw me, but um, I've gotten in—I've gotten to where I like stuff like that. Uh, there's one with uh, doggone Johnny Depp that I enjoyed, where he is some not not the uh, <laughs> not the Lone Ranger, but where he did, did like a uh, some kind of western with him in it. I can't remember the name of it. I'm well, not I'm sure of that. There's another one called God's Gun that I really liked. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what that would be. But Johnny Depp, the only thing I can think of is him playing Tonto. When it comes to a western type that movie. Was so funny too. Man, 
Uh, did you know the uh, swords used by Miho mm-hmm. in this movie are the same ones used by some of the Crazy 88 and Kill Bill Volume 1? That is so cool. It says uh, Tarantino had been keeping them in the back of his garage. <laughs> ah. Well, we're going to have to watch this one. The name of that movie is Dead Man, and it was made in 1995. So we're going to have to check that one out, get us another Dead Western Man. going for the, uh, for the show. Well, we'll check it out and see. Heck yeah. See if we can't find it somewhere. I'm sure it's available I, somewhere. I could. Did I saw it, doggone it. I saw an oops. Oh, I remember it. I caught this one and I was going to see if you caught it. I saw an oops with Marv. So remember when Marv went to the farm and he got knocked out and then he put him down in the bottom in the cellar or whatever with the, the girl that was with his, his parole officer. Yeah. And there was, it's only one shot that it happens in though, where the dude scratched him across the face. It's on the opposite. It's on the opposite side. I wondered if they like reversed the film cell right there and it got in and then it went back to, you know what I'm saying? Like how with film you can, yeah. you can see it reversed or if you, if you cut and splice, you can put it in backwards accidentally. I did not I catch if, it though. No, I didn't. Yeah. See there's one moment where it's on the left side instead of the right. Wow. So, you know, we, we were talking about um, Tarantino, you know, he only filmed or he only directed one scene in the movie. Yeah. Uh, everything else was Rodriguez, but um, can you pick which scene? If you were to think of one throughout the movie, or do you know, or do you know this already? Which scene he did? I don't know it already. So let's say you so think of something that happened throughout the movie that just feels Tarantino like to you. What would you pick? I would probably pick one of the deaths. I would probably pick. I would probably pick the either a death or the scene with the with the guy I was just talking about that Elijah Wood plays. The guest, uh, Tarantino directed the scene involving Dwight and Jackie boy in the front of the car before Dwight's pulled over by the police officer. Boom. That's my, that's one of my favorite moments in the film too. Yeah. The one where he's talking back and forth and he's going, right. he's got the neck cut open. So every time his neck goes back, he goes to a whisper and it, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's that feels one. Tarantino. It's funny too, though, how that rolls, that still rolls right in with the with the style though but i mean they worked together too i imagine on the grindhouse films too because rodriguez worked on the grindhouse stuff and right that was three movies that they were all messing with so when, when it comes down to i'm not I, i'm not really the biggest fan like robert rodriguez movies and tarantino stuff i did like dust till dawn uh, i'll th- i'll throw that out there uh, but that's dust probably the main one that i liked that they did and i watched pulp fiction which I think was just Tarantino. Then wasn't Rodriguez, was it? Uh, no, I think that was just him. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I watched that as well. Now, when Pulp Fiction came out, I couldn't. I I had trouble getting in it as well. The way it flashed back all the time. But after trying to sit through it a couple of times, it, it finally started making more sense to me, and I kind of liked it more at that point. That's right. another one of those movies with multiple stars in it. Yeah. Kind of like this one too. So, like, well, that's I, like Jackie Brown. He did Jackie Brown. It's a throwback. Actually, I think Jackie Brown is a sequel to something else but i can't remember what it was but yeah reservoir mm-hmm. dogs jackie brown dust till dawn natural born killers kill bill daggum grindhouse death proof uh he did in glorious bastards which was an oh we we kill nazis <laughs> remember <laughs> i didn't okay i didn't watch that one either what but- I didn't, but I think it's got to do because of the style of the movie that it is. It, 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 those are the kind of movies he loves to do. 
mm-hmm. that I just can't get into so much. Did you watch the Django? Bits and pieces. How about the Hateful Eight? Once again, uh, Hateful Eight. Well, hold on. Hateful Eight. What, what was Hateful Eight again? The Hateful Eight's the semi-Western. No, no, I did not. I'm trying to figure if that was the one. Or, uh, the one I watched, I was thinking of, was the remake of The Magnificent Seven. Um, and I liked it, but I didn't see Hateful Eight, no. I enjoyed that one, too, by the way. The remake of The Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hateful Eight's great, too. Yeah, Tarantino's not for everybody, man. In Glorious Bastards, though, a lot of people dug that one. It's so that one was so funny. I don't know, just different styles, I guess. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know who we need to ask who they whether or not they like this movie. Who's that? I just wonder. I wonder if Timmy likes this movie. You know, I don't know. That's a good lead up though, because I was about to tell you we're at that point in time we got to get our. Uh, mid-roll in here so <laughs> for those of you who are with us right now bear with us just a moment while we uh, go ahead and get good old timmy in here there you go get old timmy fired up and here we go hey everybody i hope you're enjoying the show today but bear with me just one moment while i get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours tim at 80s flicks flashbacks Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s flick flashback podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. Chicka chicka. Chicka chicka. <laughs> I never get sold. Heck yeah. Although Tim and I were talking earlier about uh, redoing our commercials we have for the shows. I'm going to redo the one for this one. I think he's going to make a new one for his as well. Yeah. So we may have a new one here soon. I'm trying to get some other Gotta people to keep it fresh, man. Gotta keep I know. It fresh. I'm, I'm saying I'm trying to get some more people to step up and make some uh, little trailers for their shows that we can play on here for them and, uh, you know, alternate each week who we put on each episode, you know, or maybe throw one out at the beginning and one in the middle or one in the middle, one at the end, you know, just something just to get some names for some people out there and bring some uh, attention. Right. So, um, yeah. Anything you got for us uh, yourself as far as I know you mentioned earlier you saw an oops thing that happened in there. Do you have any um, like fun trivia facts about the movie or anything that stands out to you that you Mm -hmm. want to talk about? Brittany Murphy filmed all of her scenes in one day, which is pretty cool at being in all three stories here and there. Well, I think that's pretty neat. I've seen something earlier. Because of the way the movie was shot, that Mickey Rourke and Elijah Wood never met until the movie was actually released. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, they never actually die. Um, and if you pay close attention, you can see that too. Yeah. Let's see a goof. Uh, uh, so when Nancy's dancing, she's wearing gloves, and then she ain't wearing gloves. Uh, let's see. Uh, he keeps swapping hands when he's talking to the priest with the gun. <laughs> Yes, it's 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 always little things, isn't it? Uh, Little things. Originally, and on the cop car and uh, Smokey and the Bandit. (laughs) (laughs) Originally, Robert Rodriguez didn't plan for Benicio del Toro to uh, wear makeup. Mm -hmm. Uh, Del Toro insisted on it, and Tarantino later commented that the makeup being so good that people actually forgot that's what uh, that that's not what Benicio del Toro looked like. No kidding. Like, he looks so different, dude. I, when I first started watching, rewatching it, I was like, man, are you kidding me? Which I didn't even need to rewatch it to remember a lot of things about it. But there was, there was a couple of little things that I enjoyed, like I had forgotten about. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, dude, like Benicio Del Toro not looking like himself at all. Like, you could tell it was him, but it's like, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Right. And then speaking of special ways that these guys do their filming and everything, uh, the scene in which Marv climbs out of the manhole and staggers up against a wall yeah. was acted out in reverse and then shown forward to give an otherworldly appearance to Marv. That I weird. like that. I like that. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I love everything about this movie. And to I, I could fanboy out nonstop too. Like the, the casting is crazy. I mean, you got... Like you said, Rosario Dawson, Brittany Murphy, and then I think when at the time when this came out, Jessica Alba was as big as she was ever was. She was probably half the sale of young men going to see this movie. <laughs> so Could have Jessica been. Alba on a stripper pole? What? Right, right. <laughs> oh, and the doc. Don't underestimate the doc. The uh, not the doc. She was his doctor. The parole officer. She was awesome. Right now. But before we go, because we're going to go and wrap up in just a minute, but I want to get something out of you real quick here. But the Josh Hartnett scene, the beginning of it, mm-hmm. um, I am I missing something? I don't I don't remember that carrying forward any further into the movie at that point. I don't either, and it seemed to to me like I remembered it having something to do where it wrapped back around to the end, but I didn't see it last or not last night, but I didn't see it when I rewatched it this time. Well, I think that that story picks back up in a dame to kill for or i am looking at right here it says the customer is always right white or that was actually dwight before he got his uh uh surgery okay no i don't know but it says here the customer is always right sequence at the beginning of the movie was actually filmed before frank miller had completely agreed to let robert rodriguez make the movie Josh Hartnett and Marley Shelton came in and filmed their scenes in one day in front of a, uh, a green screen in order to show Miller that it could be done in a way that complemented the graphic novels. Right. So it could be that that was just done for that and tossed in as the beginning of the movie. And then it leads into the actual stories they're doing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that, that's and it all seems I can... to me too. See, I, I watched when I watched it too, I watched the re-edit of it with the, with the extra footage or whatever. Yeah. And I remember when I saw it in the movies, I remember it opening with that part. And then it went to 
then it went into you know Brittany Murphy's part with Shelly and uh, Dwight. Like that was that the very beginning, the part on the with Josh Hartnett, and then the credits came out or the graphic with Sin City showed, and then it went into the movie. Is how I originally remember recall it. I could be wrong, but okay. I mean, that's that's definitely something. That, honestly, this is why I'm getting your input on a lot of this because I know that you definitely know a lot more about this movie than I do. I am I've watched it for the first time today. The thoughts you got for me are like a real first time reaction from something. And I, I was happy about that one. I can't wait to do 300. If you hate this, you're probably going to hate it too. And and people are like. That's one of the greatest half the men in the world are like, no, that's the most manliest, greatest movie ever made. <laughs> I mean, I, I see it looks like it has a, a dark feel to it as well in the filming. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know, maybe because of the type of battles they have in it, I might get more into it. I don't know. Does it give you a, a Lord of the Rings army versus army fight kind of feel? Definitely. To it? it definitely so, more macho. Like it's dude, it's so awesome. The fight scenes are incredible. And well, see, I might get into that. It's got Magneto in it too, and Magneto's part is just so good. What's his name? Oh. Michael Fastbomb. Yeah, yeah. Michael so. Fastbomb plays in it too. He's real good. All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and start wrapping things up here. Um, oh yeah. So, out of ten, you know, ten being the best, what are you gonna give Sin City this week? For what it is, a ten. Yeah. You're gonna go for it. It's it, it's a ten movie for you all around. You could absolutely solid 10. as as far as yeah, absolutely one hundred percent because because of its because of its uh its adhering to the graphic the source material. So it adheres to the source material. It stays true to it. It translates it perfectly. Like I've never seen a literary work brought to screen more uh more accurately like it's yeah i'm on for for what it is i'll give it a 10 all right all right how about you I, uh, for give me a, give it a four and a half you know what i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna be that cruel um <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna be that cruel to a man at all for the star power that it's got in it um just for the fact of me reading how true it stayed to the graphic novel and didn't stray far from it um and the storytelling that they went through the whole thing with it. I, granted, I might not like the way it was filmed. I don't like the dark appeal to it and things like that. And I'm not real big on the 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 old school, you know, detective, you know, the dame walked in the room and the light <laughs> suddenly went dim. And, right. you know, I'm not, I'm not big on all that. But, I mean, if you take everything else into consideration, I will give it a good seven, seven and a half. Oh man, I love that. I gotta give you see, that's why I love you, Chris. Oh, you give us yeah, I gotta give you respect for that man for uh for appreciating what it what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you I mean you you can't hate on something just because of the the the, the dark feel of the filming of it. So I'm not gonna yeah. go that way with it. For what it is overall, it wasn't too bad of a movie. So heck yeah. So um make sure that uh you are when you listen to this, you know, you give us a like and a follow. Uh, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Retro Life for You. That's number four, Y-O-U. And Travis, just so you know, the Facebook page seems to be growing rapidly here recently. Really? Don't know what we're doing, but I'm glad we're doing it. Um, nice. I was a little bit surprised here the last couple of weeks seeing how many uh, likes and follows it's picked up. It's really good. So 
whatever we're doing or whatever you guys are doing, let's keep it up. If you're sharing the page to people, uh, continue doing that. If you don't mind uh, the thing, things we put out, uh, the posts we put out for the uh, episodes we have each week. And like I said, I'm starting to do blogs for it now, put some things out for each episode that we do. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I'll share that on the Facebook page. I don't usually do it on Instagram because it's not what you usually put on Instagram. But um, we are found also everywhere where you get your podcast at. So iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Stitcher, wherever you want to you know, listen to that. You can listen to it straight off the website itself if you want at www.retrolife4theletteru.com. And um, while you're there, like I said earlier, sign up for the newsletter and I'll start putting some things out with some uh, interesting articles in it and links to our podcast most recent and give you something to, to chew on for a while. Heck yeah. So, uh, Heck yeah. Travis, you got anything you want to leave us with this week? Yeah, man. I, movies like this have taught me that, you know, getting in trouble, or, you know, it doesn't matter if it's the if it's the police or if it's somebody looking for revenge, you know, murdering people ain't really what gets you in trouble. It, it's not properly disposing of the bodies. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs>